Welcome to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast for women who want to experience intimate relationships and sex that are pleasurable and passionate, happy, thriving and deeply fulfilling. With my very special guest experts guiding lights and pioneers in their specialist areas, we'll be breaking down the myths, exploring the difficult stuff, the good stuff and seeing what's possible for love, sex and intimacy at this time of rapid change. In these candid and intimate conversations, I'll be bringing you the best of sex and relationship education, full of practical ways to support and inspire change in your intimate life. I'm your host, Sarah Rosebright. Whether you're curious about what's possible or you're already committed to exploring, I'm so happy you are here. Welcome to today's episode on Feng Shui with Hay House author Davina McHale. We focus in on feng shui if you are single and would like a relationship, and if you're in a relationship, how feng shui can support happy relationships and great sex. And Davina has um, done the feng shui for my homes, not that I've got multiple homes, I've just moved a few times um, for many years, and each time it's been really invaluable, and she has so much knowledge in this area. She's written Hay House's book on Feng Shui, which I highly recommend. And she shares so many very practical tips to either get you started on your Feng Shui journey or to deepen your Feng Shui journey. And so we cover so many things. Although our focus is on intimacy, sex and relationships, Davina also starts with talking about why decluttering is very important and shares some great tips on how to get started with decluttering including a couple of websites that make it really easy for you to sell unwanted possessions, very much uh, more effective and easier than listing items on eBay. She shares tips on how to let go of, of possessions, including those that you may have a lot of emotional attachment to. So for example, ex-partners, really interesting about how uh, she talks about how clutter relates to a sense of safety. Then we move on to relationships. So where the relationship area is in your house and how to find it how Feng Shui can support you if you're single and you want a relationship, if you're in a relationship, how Feng Shui can support you to improve your relationship and your sex life. And, you know, we talk about a range of things from even Davina shares why she feels the wish list isn't isn't a a great technique if we want to call a relationship in. She talks about how children can affect intimacy, all sorts of things. And also some tips on how to create a bedroom that supports great relationships and sex but also supports a great night's sleep (laughs) and uh, we talk about a lot more so I really hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to today's episode and it's a delight to be joined today by Davina McHale. Welcome Davina. Thank you Sarah, it's very (laughs) pleasurable delight to be here in your company (laughs) always my lovely um and especially to be on this wonderful juicy life (laughs) is it juicy life or sexy Sexy life life. sexy life sexy Sexy life well sexy and juicy aren't they kind of the same they are absolutely yeah 100 100 percent well it's a real treasure to have this conversation with you so i'd love you to start with uh telling people a little bit about what it is that you do who you are 
Well, I have many iterations and um, at nearly 60, I'm probably still deciding what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> so at the moment, um, and obviously my background is in feng shui, I've been doing feng shui forever. So I have a huge amount of experience in that topic and shamanism. So currently I'm a Hay House author of a couple of books. Um, I do work shamanically and I do work with feng shui amongst other things. I'm very much a teacher, educator, kind of coach, mentor, all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. And you're a uh, mentor for me, you know, and, um, you know, being such a valuable mentor over the years. So it's a real honor to have you here to talk about, dive into your work. And I know we're going to talk a bit about um, Feng Shui, but also I'd love to hear a little bit about your life story, sort of whatever you feel called to share whatever's alive for you because it's always wonderful to hear people's stories that what brought you here today well if i um in terms of my feng shui journey having come back from living in the peruvian amazon for two and a half years i did come back to my dearly beloved mother's house uh, as a port in the storm because i had actually given up my life and wasn't intending to come back at all but hey people plan god laughs and we did have a <laughs> pandemic anyway i came back and then i thought no wonder i do feng shui it was like the ultimate feng shui job clearing my mum's house which i spent the first two months back so that's certainly what led to that one and interestingly enough i don't know if people have a particular gene and i have a different gene I, I, this is just a curious um possibility because i go into my brother's house and my sister's house and my mum's house and they're all identical none of them have the organizational gene if there is such a thing right <laughs> it's just like it just looks like chaos it's the kind of thing i'm like how this how is this even possible and i'm so utterly different and i have such an ability to organize logically and keep like with like so i do i'm curious about that i'm curious about the personality types that maybe lead to different ways of organizing one space but for me and i don't know what you're like sarah but i have to kind of have a clean desk before i can get to work yeah 100 i have to tidy up first <laughs> yeah and it's not i have to watch myself because maybe that's a distraction and an excuse <laughs> from actually doing the work but it just it clears my head and that really if let's go into this topic mm. of feng shui because that's what feng shui ultimately is it has many um sort of explanations for its things but it's effectively the balance and harmony of chi and chi is this invisible energy. It's, you know, the electricity, when you turn the light switch on, you have this invisible energy that lights it up. None of us really know how it works, but we're very grateful that it does and it's very useful. So we have this chi flow that flows constantly through our spaces. And this is really the art and science of feng shui is balancing that so that we get more of what we want in life and less of what we don't want. Mm. So of course, clutter, just let's start there, because if we want a sexy, juicy life, for me, clutter is not sexy or juicy. <laughs> I find it quite the opposite. If you can't find the bed under the clutter, what are you expecting to do in the bed? And that kind of thing. So basically, for me, it's like the flow of chi gets stuck. It's like cobwebs always collect in the corners because there's no straight lines in nature, for example. Um, and all of that stuck energy is a blockage of the chi and you just find your life becomes more and more turgid, more and more difficult, more obstacles show up. The stuckness feels more um, prevalent and uh, sticky 
in the mm. in that. So clearing that space to allow the chi flow is certainly a primary responsibility is just really clearing the clutter. So I'm going to say some top tips on clutter because everyone goes, oh God, this is all that's going to be about clutter. Girl. <laughs> Get the black bin bags out. I find the black bin bags very exciting. By the <laughs> and there's great apps to help you now. Great. You know, in my early days of this, there was none of the exciting stuff that's around. So I've actually managed to really cheer clients up recently by introducing them to things like We Buy Books app. So if you have tons of books, and again, I love books. Um, I've had whole libraries of books and there is something. But again, it's like, what am I really saying symbolically? And now and again, we even have to clear out our bookcases to allow space for new knowledge and information to come in. Because what's contained within a book is very static once it's written it's it's kind of stopped and information changes mm. as does everything else energy is constantly moving so we buy apps you can scan the barcodes from your own home from your smartphone or whatever and it will give you a price of whether it's worth something or not and it's great because all you have to do is when you've got your basket full of all those things you can send off they'll send you a free label they collect it from your home for free all you have to do is put it in a box and money comes in and my other favorite for those of us particularly um the women that might be listening into this call because all of us have those broken bits of jewelry old earrings that we've lost one of the catch has broken on the gold bracelet we've got a watch that's broken small ornaments costume jewelry and there is a brilliant service vintage cash cow that works very similarly and you simply box up all your junk. So you go through all your jewelry boxes and it's all the bit that if you were moving house or clearing out your bedroom, you would simply throw it away because you think, what do I do with that? Or you keep it because it's got some value because the, the one earring left is gold, but you don't really know what to do with it. Or the necklace is broken, but it is silver. And you just box it all up, send it to them. They'll, again, you just get the label and they price it up. And I have been really shocked the prices they offer wow and any little bits of metal that you have around like old ornaments i mean when i was clearing my mum's house she had a lot of like broken brass stuff like you know teapot sets with the legs broken off so totally useless but they sell it for scrap metal and they'll tell you and, they, and you don't have to accept their quote but they've always been so much more than i've imagined in my oh. head oh that's nice yes please thank you very much Brilliant. Great. That's We Buy Books and we Books and Vintage Cash Cow. Vintage. They're my two top tips for clearing clutter at the moment. That makes it quite exciting when you can actually make some easy money out of it. Because it's easy money. Because when people think, oh, I've got to list all this vintage clothing on Debop or eBay, and those are great, wonderful things, but it takes effort. Yeah. And these are nice, simple ones where you get some quick, short wins if yeah. you happen to have that kind of clutter lying around. And what is your tip for people listening if they're thinking, oh, God, how do I deal with this clutter? Where to start? How to make decisions about what to keep and what to let go of? Yeah, easy, easy, easy. So think of it this way. First of all, everything we own is energetically attached to us. So if it's clutter, it feels like balls and chains that you're just dragging around with you. And if you love it and it gives you pleasure, then it's like light fairy dust around and you feel good in relationship to it so first of all think about that 
Um, where do you feel your balls and chains are? You know, where can you feel like, is it the basement, the attic, the, the cupboard under the stairs, just generally all over your house, <laughs> behind every door, <laughs> under the bed, et cetera, et cetera. Where can you feel that heaviness existing? And I have to say, because I'm a real book addict and I love the books and I did have an extensive. So when I had to move to Peru, I had to do a massive cluster clear because I, I couldn't take it with me. And believe me, jungle humidity, 40 degree heat does not go well with paper books. <laughs> so my new waterproof Kindle was my greatest best friend. <laughs> Although I rather miss being able to scribble and write all over the pages and bend the corners back. Um, but so from that perspective, it's just like I actually knew I would not be able to clear the books if I looked and opened every book. It's like because I'm going to get attached to it. I'm going to go, yeah, but there's a great piece of information there. I didn't quite finish reading that or, oh, maybe I'll need that in the future for a workshop I'm going to do, et cetera, et cetera. And I would have kept all of them and they'd have been in storage and I'd have been paying a fortune. Right. So instead, I literally got them all on the floor. And I shut my eyes and I did body dousing. Now, this is for the brave. I'm not suggesting every <laughs> listener might be brave enough to do this, but our body has is a fantastic dowser. So you stand up and you get comfortable. Everyone can do this right now with us as they're listening to the call. Just stand up and kind of come onto your sort of grounded stability in your feet and just stand very very naturally and then you simply ask your body is my name your name so for me is my name Davina and your body will immediately slightly sway backwards or forwards now you know your name is that if you give your right name so that's your yes and then you simply say is my name Fred or Tom or something your name isn't and you should get the opposite swing now it's worth checking every time you do this because um, sometimes our wires get crossed or things change and our yes and no can swap but it will always give you a consistent yes or no for your you know for what is a genuine yes no question so to speak and then I simply picked up each book with my eyes closed and went is it a yes or is it a no it was a very quick efficient process <laughs> and did it surprise you when you saw I didn't the books dare you said yes to? okay <laughs> <laughs> if I'd looked, I'd have been going, oh, no, not that one. The girl can have to come back out of the box again. So there does need to be a little bit of like, I'm just going to be brave and do this. Um, that's one way. And also you can do it in a, if that's too scary, because I know I appreciate that is scary for some people because we're very attached to our stuff. And remember, tell yourself, because all clutter and all stuff we own is about feeling safe at some fundamental level. Mm. It's all about safety. So tell yourself, it's safe to let go, safe to let go. Because we collect, whether we collect weight on our physical body, that's just clutter around that, because we emotionally feel unsafe, we collect stuff because it makes us feel secure that we're surrounded by our stuff. Um, and all of it is a safe, ultimately a safety issue. Mm. And it comes, you know, it's really interesting. The hoarding aspect of us has come all the way back from the generations of our parents in the World War, because, of course, two world wars, there was enormous loss. I mean, loss that we can't even begin to comprehend these days. And that then came into the abundant years of the white consumer goods and suddenly all this exciting stuff we could have and own. And 
we didn't really deal because of course back then you didn't have counselors we didn't have trauma therapists and specialists and everything that we have today so those poor people didn't they couldn't deal with that loss they just got on with it stiff upper lip let's just go on and so it translated into wanting to feel that safety so think about when you were a child how many times you were made to have hobbies that were collecting something stamps mm -hmm. cards toy soldiers whatever it was collecting things that you're just holding on because again it's a sense of safety so that's a very good top tip it's safe to let go mm. it's safe to and then simply hold the item does this you know do the old Marie Kondo thing I mean she has basically simplified feng shui for the masses and many people her um her book i can't remember what it was like the joy of tidying up or something like that anyway I know the magic of tidying magic of tidying up yeah the first one she did that has changed you know her way of explaining that i don't actually agree with all of her um organizational processes from a feng shui perspective but i do think her basic fundamental which is feng shui her basic fundamental premise of does it bring you joy yeah so you can literally hold it close to your body pick up anything does this lift my energy or lower my energy. Job I did done. it with my books and I got rid of something like 12 carrier bags. Well and, um, and then what was amazing was because it was there was exactly that holding on to that in case I need it. And then when I let go, it was like my bookshelf sparkled because everything really brought me joy. And I just felt the difference so palpably. It was just incredible. So and that gives you space, my love, also to allow yourself to really tune in to, you know, the cosmic radio signal, if you like, because clutter gives us a lot of static noise in life. Mm. And then we can't clearly hear those inspirational messages, those quiet whispers from spirit, if you want to put it in those terms, and really what comes in in that way. So it you feel better everyone knows this really if you have bothered to give your place a spring clean or given your wardrobe a good old thorough sort out you feel great afterwards it's yeah. the doing of it's tough and so it's the beginning so the other top tips to get you going is it's safe to let go if you really are stuck one of the ways is maybe your space has got very energetically stagnant so it's a good idea just to open all the doors and windows for five minutes let the winds of change quite literally blow through just give it a fresh perspective that can sometimes just kick start your energy to think yeah i'm going to do this today get a friend round ply them with a few glasses of nice red wine or something and say i don't need you to do anything i just need you to sit there and help me <laughs> do this yeah keep me accountable um that can work and also giving yourself just 20 minutes going i'm just going to do 20 minutes that's all i'm going to do i'm just going to start at that draw because we get overwhelmed we think oh my god it's everywhere it's all around me it's too much i don't know where to begin i don't know where to start so start with the low hanging fruit this is really important don't start with the thing that you have most attachment to so for women a lot of it is often clothes clothes is very difficult because it's so much about our id entity our identity what we are attached to on our ego and who we think we are when we show up and of course we always women have clothes in their wardrobe from you know three at least three different sizes for whichever bit of us we think we are in that moment and here's another tip girls is basically only have clothes in your wardrobe that fit you right now the rest is fantasy it really is and that helps us get juicy because if you're comfortable with who you are right in this moment that's sexy 
whether it's big, small or whatever, but when you're constantly wanting to be somewhere else other than where you are, or if you're in your fat clo days and then you're like not feeling so good about yourself or, oh, you've got five minutes because you might get in your thin clothes days, just be where you are now. That's sexiest. Because it's, it's radical acceptance of, you know, the now yeah. and who you are in that moment. So all of these things kind of um, really help. So, yeah, 20 minutes is quite good. 20 minutes is a nice, everyone can give 20 minutes to something. And then if you got enthusiastic, you can decide when the timer goes off, you can go and reward yourself with a square of chocolate, glass of wine, Netflix series, whatever your pleasurable thing is to do next. Or you basically um, go, no, this is actually really good. I'm, I'm geared up. I'm going to do another 20 minutes. Mm, beautiful. And so why? Um, so that's one thing is getting rid of clutter. So in terms of feng shui, for those um, uh, you could explain about the different areas of the house, um, because each area represents something like family or relationships or abundance so for people listening it'd be wonderful to sort of explain that concept yeah a little bit complicated on the podcast but I'll do my best. <laughs> simply because there are two forms of um feng shui i mean this is much better explained in my book and simply explained in my book so i'm going to give you the so if you have neighbors and your home is not influenced by the 360 degrees of the chi of sunshine, which is effectively where our main source of chi comes from on this planet. So if you live in the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere, you need to orientate your bagua, which is this plan, this template that somebody puts over their home to decide where those particular nine areas are, then you would orientate that to the compass directions which are different from what I'm now going to say. But most of us probably, maybe, um, I would suggest that most of us listening live in an apartment or a semi-detached or a terraced home or something that, or neighbours are close by, even if there is a gap each side, you've got neighbours, you're not getting that full degrees of 360 degrees. So from that perspective, we have what's called three-door gate or intuitive um, feng shui. And from that floor plan, this grid starts from you standing at your front door, looking into your home, and you kind of place that nine square grid on that. So we're talking about juicy, sexy life, sexy life. So let's look at relationships. We're just going to take relationships for this um, rather than because I think people will get very confused if we try to do every area. So we're going to do two areas which are related because this is something that is not commonly understood in feng shui is there's always the opposite so if you are standing at your front door looking in your relationship area is in the top right hand corner of your home and you imagine like a noughts and crosses grid you've divided your home into rough nine squares now you might find that area is missing which we'll come on to it because you may have an irregular shaped home not everybody lives in a nice square in fact very few of us do <laughs> so it might be missing and you are also going to look at the area completely opposite that which is the lower left hand corner because that is your personal development area. And unless we have a good relationship with ourselves and we are independent, we then can come together with another and have interdependent relationships that are not codependent. And those are really important that both those areas are kind of in harmony with each other. So always look in both. Now, you can layer this. 
So, for example, if we're talking about sexy life, then we have to talk about the bedroom. And you can also look at the relationship area within your bedroom itself. So that just simple and for any room in that matter, you can layer this. If relationships are real problem, then look at each room and see where you have repeating patterns, because there's always what stands out, what's exaggerated, what's repeated, always worth. If you've got one of something, it's fine. You've got 10 of it, it's probably a problem. And can you give some examples of I, that? I will yeah. give you some, mm. I'm going to just finish this point and then I'm going to come back to that. So um, those are the two areas, now I've lost what I was going to say now, so you have to catch me, catch me in the moment. <laughs> um, so those two areas are where you really need to look and fully understand. So I will give you some examples because I've lost whatever that last thought was I was going to tell you. You were talking about the different room in each individual room, the relationship Oh yeah, area. thank you, yeah. thank you. So you, yes, good, because that is important. So people in each room can stand facing into the room and then it's the same top right hand corner same bottom left hand corner that is that trajectory between top right relationship bottom left is personal development self-worth kind of issues you know more to do with the personal so repeating i can remember going to um a client's house for example and in the center of her home which represents wealth uh, sorry health health right in the center of your home it's like the it's like health is always you know without health we don't have anything we don't have good relationships we don't have anything really we can't work we don't have wealth we don't have prosperity so health is very interestingly in the middle of this nine square map always whichever whether you look because it's most fundamental and she had i think it was 23 of those little kind of you know those old-fashioned um dial calendars where you had to change the date and the time each day they're, they're, i think they were around in the 50s or something like that they're quite old-fashioned anyway she had a whole flipping none of them telling the right time on the date and she literally said to me if you listen to clients language because they often reveal in their conversation and at some point i said right what do you called me in for what are we what are we doing she said oh i just have no time for anything Wow. And it's like, there it is. And so it's like, well, let's clear this out of here. Let's get these things moving or because you're probably not going to spend however long it's going to take to set 23 new calendars every day to the right time and day. <laughs> um, so perhaps we could let some go. And I remember, I mean, this is this story is in my book, but it's another um, person who went and she had baskets everywhere, like the shopping basket, you know, those wicker kind of baskets that you go shopping with. And I start, you know, sometimes I'm a bit too um, bull in a china shop. I have to back off my own self. <laughs> and I'd gone in and I'd like, what the heck have you got all those baskets for? And she was a bit prickly about it. So I kind of back, I, I was aware that there was some emotion there. And okay, let's go around the house and come back to that. Anyway, at some point in the consultation, she did finally say that I said, what happened with the bar? Are you going to tell me the story of the baskets now? because there was way more than anybody would ever need to go to the shops. I mean, there were shelves of them. And it happened when she'd had her child at the same time that her husband was made redundant. And so it was like, that's when she started collecting them. And then it was, God, she said, I've just realized it was because I just thought as long as I can walk to the market and get bread, milk and eggs, we'll be all right. It Again, it's this safety issue. It's coming back to that fundamental, I need to feed my baby. And I feel threatened right now because I don't know where our money's coming from. And that start, And once she got that and understood that, she was able to let go of the excess baskets and keep mm. the ones she really loved. So things of that nature. Wow. 
Yeah. So, um, and I remember when you first did my feng shui many years ago and I was single and you look around my home and in the relationship area was a painting of two birds looking very unhappy in different directions, yeah. a rocking chair, <laughs> a spinster's rocking chair and loads of headless goddesses, disembodied goddesses. And you just like, Sarah, have you noticed all these patterns? Yeah, and it is finding the patterns. It's really looking like everything. You know, home is metaphor of the self. And bedrooms are metaphor of your sexual psyche, if you want to look at it that way. So I really invite uh, whoever's listening, if you're really interested in having that nice, sexy, intimate relationship, just go and visit your bedroom right now if you're at home. And just actually feel, what does it feel like just to be in your bedroom? Does it feel warm? Does it feel inviting? Does it feel sexy and juicy? Or does it feel cold and like, oh, I don't even want to sleep there? Or does it have bad memories? Does it, you know, just notice, first of all, what's the feeling? And then it's like, okay, what do I need to bring? So if it feels cold, what do you need to bring in to warm it up? If it feels too hot, how do you cool it down? Look at those balances in those kind of situations. But symbolism is massive in feng shui. And another very common thing I see with people that are single and wanting relationships in or where their relationships not going too well in the home is where you see everything separated. And it's a it's a kind of aesthetic that has grown up through interior design. So, for example, it, it's very common on mantelpieces. Everything is split up. So you'll get two can matching candlesticks, but there are opposite ends of the mantelpiece, two ornaments, but there are opposite ends. And so you get this separation all the time. So again, I invite people, you know, if you want intimate, sexy relationships, you have to invite pairing into the life. That's the two, the earth, the coupling, that kind of relationship energy. So in you can take those two candlesticks and you compare them one end of the mantelpiece and you can take your two other ornaments and you compare them the other end so you still get a symmetry but the symmetry has a pairing of objects it's a different way of looking at it so again walking around your space and going where you know if you're lonely and really wanting to pull something in where are is all your artwork empty you know, or there's just lonely people walking down a beach or empty beaches or empty spaces, for example, only one chair. Is there somewhere for you to sit together, have a meal together? Actually, I think this is really, really important for me, even in a relationship or calling one in. Is there somewhere you can sit comfortably and have a meal together, not on a tray, watching the TV on your lap? Look at what's in your relationship area. Who are you having a relationship with? Are the cat baskets there? or the TV or angels. I've been in um, another client's house who in her, A, she slept in a tiny single bed in what looked like a nun cell. And in her relationship corner where there was the Buddha, Jesus and the Pope. I'm like, hmm, are you having a relationship with exactly here? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's great. If you want the relationship with spirit, wonderful, but perhaps not in your bedroom and in the yeah. relationship area of your home. And so those are things like, you know, have you got, fighting tigers in your relationship you don't also that's going to create more arguments for example it's so looking at symbolism is really really powerful and just asking yourself the question where did i buy that what was i thinking when i bought that picture do i really love it 
These are all because, again, we tend to get into habits and we maybe bought these things at the end of a relationship. But it was symbolic of us at that moment, sort of having our independence, for example. And now perhaps we want to call someone else in, but we've still got this very strong image of independence and my breakup symbolized there. You know, so we have to reevaluate this and things change and we have to, com I mean, this is another thing, people, common misperception of feng shui is people think, oh, I've done my feng shui, had that done five years ago. What do you mean it's not, <laughs> you know, but feng shui is a constantly evolving process. It's not like you've just done your feng shui and that's it. It moves like we move, it evolves like we evolve, but it doesn't have to be the whole thing. It could just be, oh, I need to, um get a bit of juiciness in the relationship so i'm going to put a beautiful bouquet of flowers in my room that makes me feel amazing when i go in there for example mm. yeah so there's lot there are lots of small things but constantly just shifting i i really people that um it's very interesting i had a ex you know ex-boyfriend one of those exes that's so ex you wonder why um and i went to visit him and his home, I mean, this was years, like 20, 25 years later, um, I caught up with him, his, his mother had died, and I'd been very close to the family, so I went to visit, and his home was identical. I mean, nothing had changed. I was like, oh my God, you know, so static. And yet, of course, he was depressed. He was on medication for that, which kind of had numbed him out into this flat line. And I just, I just wanted to go and move the furniture just for the sake. It was like, it was very neat. And it was like, yeah, great. There was no clutter, but it was also utterly stagnant mm -hmm. and had been for years. You know, we cut, that's just as bad as clutter in many ways. Yeah. 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 And it was so interesting. And like you say, that reflection of the identity, because I remember when, mm -hmm. I've done that with my clothes because if you don't clear your clothes out you can look and like oh I wish I was like that or comparing mm. and get stuck in these places yeah. um, and that regular sort of cleansing out just as we might cleanse our insides yeah and it's it's the outer work isn't it yeah so 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 if, I love that tip of just noticing how you feel when you sort of walk into your room especially your bedroom and for people who maybe have attachments say for example people who are single that have attachments to old relationships or feel that they haven't quite cleared that or maybe they open the bedroom and it reminds them of that what's something someone could do to help shift that well i think there's a number of things you can do um if you open right first of all this is really really key like whose bed are you sleeping in that's key, right? Because we pick up like psychic residue. So if you're sleeping in your old marital bed and you're divorced, uh-uh, right? Or, you know, you've just had a toxic breakup with an old lover that's, that's really, and you're still in the same bed, that's not great um, because you are going to be picking up the psychic residue of that every night. So one of the things, um, and it's very therapeutic on a number of levels this you can if you don't want to spend money on getting a new mattress get yourself a rolling pin i did or this some, or some <laughs> heavy object and beat that mattress honey and literally just beating the energy out of it and turning it over and just getting rid of because that breaks the chi up it's just stagnant chi and that will get rid of that psychic blueprint and if I mean, I know some people can maybe find this difficult to understand this because in, it's invisible, this chi. But we see where these psychic residues build up. For example, a very common example that everyone will get is the shop 
on the high street that it doesn't seem to matter what business goes in there six months later it's bankrupt and because it's got this kind of blueprint that what the chinese would call in feng shui terms predecessor chi it has that blueprint of bankruptcy and then that's what kind of happens there because the next thing goes in all positive but because it's not clear and they don't understand breaking up that stagnant chi they end up replicating that story the same that's why estate agents you know death debt and divorce their nightmare properties they're always the hardest to sell wow. because again people feel that chi when they walk in they may not have a name for it they may not be able to consciously articulate it, but they're like, oh, no, I don't feel good in here. Oh, no, this doesn't feel quite right for me. And they'll feel that or they'll be attracted to that chi for their own resonance. And then, of course, replicate the pattern that also happened in that place. So if you're sleeping in an old energy, get rid of it. That's going to really help you move on for a start. Um, so beat the mattress and at the very least, maybe, you know, at least wash, launder, dry clean your duvet sheets and everything and maybe have, you know, if there's a particular set of linen that reminds you of, you know, dark nights of the soul in that old relationship, then perhaps get a new set. Give yourself a bit of an upgrade on that. You need to be, one of the tough things is maybe letting go of things like photo albums and gifts from past lovers and things of that nature. I person, I mean, it's, it, that is tough. I mean, ultimately, you do need to let go of those things when you and but it's layers of an onion, it's going to be when you're ready, some people are just not ready, and they have to have their own time to do that. But again, it's safe to let go, it's safe to let go. And in the letting go, you invite the new in. It's like when you weed the garden, if you don't plant anything, you'll get the weeds back. But if you clear out and weed your garden and plant beautiful seeds and bulbs for what you want to bring in, then you get a new garden. So when you're clearing, this is another, sorry, I should have said this a bit. This is another thing. Have intent. What are you clearing this out for? So if you're in your bedroom and you are in an old stuck you know, you've come out of that relationship, but you're still living in the same place and you've still got all the same stuff around then you have to walk in there and you go oh yeah i can feel the toxicity of this i can feel that old stuff that i'm holding on to i really don't want this in my life anymore so what's your intention number one and oh my intention is a sexy gorgeous juicy intimate wonderful delicious perfect relationship of equality have that as your set point makes it much easier to let go of all that is not that so the intent is clear um, to begin with, because otherwise we can clear, you know, nature abhors an empty space. You can see it. If you ever have a piece of, you know, sallow land, it's going to get stuff growing on it very, very quickly. If it's just not weeds and nettles, something will grow there. Nature will fill that space. So energy will always fill the space. But it's is it the energy you want or is it the energy you don't want? So beating up the mattress, letting go of all the stuff, making sure there are no photographs of your old marriage or relationship in there, particularly if you're calling something in, not very inviting for your new lover that all the photographs of your old relationship are still hanging around the bedroom. You know, is, is it if you have children, even though you might be single, single parent, you know, is your bedroom full of the kids' toys? Is it full of, you know, your relationship now with your children more still keep, I think this is really important, even if you're together in a relationship with children, that you really do protect the intimacy of your bedroom. 
And bedroom, I always like to think of more boudoir than bedroom. If you want a sexy, juicy life, think boudoir. Um, and you can, uh, you know, yes, of course, it has to be a place for rest and sleep, but it's also a place for intimacy. And both of those can be uh, compatible in the same space. Mm. So if you're really wanting to call, so I mean, we were letting you that question you asked me was really about letting go of the old. Uh, you can also, if there's um, one of the most successful or easy, simple things is to write a letter. Sometimes when we're just stuck emotionally, is to write a letter to that person, one you don't send, by the way. <laughs> Not about stamping and addressing it. An energetic letter where you can really say all those things that you weren't perhaps able to say. And get the anger out and get the guilt out and get the upset out and all those things that you wished you'd said, could have said. Because I think all of us have that, don't we? In any kind of old relationship, we're like, God, I wish I'd said that or I never got the opportunity to say that or if only I'd said so and so. We all have those kind of situations and writing it out, writing that letter to the person. But there's a key to this. You then need to have that witnessed. So if you have a best friend, read it out to them. If you have a safe person, you know, you've got to feel safe to just, and all they're doing, they're not commenting, they're not saying anything. They are simply listening. They are being your witness. And if you have no one that you feel safe enough to trust with that information, then go out somewhere and read it to the universe. The universe can be your witness. Nature can be your witness. The forest can be your witness. And then you burn it and let it go. Mm -hmm. As that is helpful to really rid some of those things when we get very stuck. Totally, absolutely. And the other thing I like to can add to that is um, it can be helpful as well to add, like, what are the gifts and teachings from that yes, relationship? Absolutely. And that might be that taught me how to find my no and put boundaries in place. Mm -hmm. um, but looking at those gifts is another great way of moving that out of your energy field, isn't it? And, and, and claiming your sovereignty. Yeah, I often find that when you've got rid of the the initial anger, this hurt, the upset, the disempowerment of not being able to speak your truth, you normally find those gifts anyway. I, I, like the trajectory of those letters in the ones I've witnessed normally go from high octane. I'm just trying to be polite on the podcast, but you can get the language, right? And it's good to express that language, but by the time they've kind of gone through the arc of saying it all, they're coming into a place of, yeah, there were some good points and this is what yeah. I got and these were the good things and, you know, I don't, and it just is wonderful because it really releases that energy from the body. Yeah, absolutely. So there's some great tips for people to look at and if they're single and before I move on to couples, um, anything else? Oh, like there's to... more, there's Ooh. way more top tips. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> well, that was just about getting rid of the old person. Okay. That's about calling in the new lover. <laughs> right. So if you want to be calling in, um, first of all, we have to look at is your relationship area missing in your home as we spoke. So now you know where that is, top right hand corner. So if that area happens to be missing, there's two ways energetically of bringing it in from a feng shui perspective. That if you have a window on either of the walls that look out onto that, you know, effectively inverted commas missing area, then hang a Swartzky clear quartz faceted round crystal in the window. And that amplifies the energy and it has the effect of bringing and activating that energy and bringing it in. If you don't have a window, the other cure is to put a mirror on either one of those walls that create 
you know, the, the outside external wall for that. And again, mirrors bring in what's behind them. So it has the effect of bringing in that. You can also square, you might find that your garden, because quite often in those sort of L-shaped houses, that L is a patio area or something of that nature. So you could effectively square it off, give that sense of finishing the house, even though it's outside and giving it sort of a squaring situation. So that helps. So bring in the missing area first and look, have you got a pairing of something there? Have you got, it's also earth colors. And the earth color range is anything from magnolia all the way through to chocolate brown, via peach, orange, tan cream you know whatever you know that you feel that those are the earthy kind of range of colors so maybe that even if you've got one chair put two cushions on it for example because there may not be room for two chairs but is that an area it might be in the dining area of your home so can you make that your nice cozy place where you set two tables even if it's only you but you set two places and have two chairs at the table not just one so make sure there's space, sleep in a double bed. If you're sleeping in a single bed, you're not really inviting in a partnership. Um, not only do you sleep in a double bed, but you have equality in terms of your bedside cabinets and your lamps, that matching energy. You have a solid headboard that supports both of you. And think about that, it's like a bridge. It's a, a bridge over you that brings both of you together. When you have very disparate, kind of energies either side of the bed it tends to depending if they're very imbalanced it depends it will give power to one side of the relationship more than other do you both have the same view this happens a lot so on one side of the bed you might maybe you can see the wall and then the other person is got their you know is right opposite the door and then i've come across this often in consultations where that person's literally out the door having affairs or not really involved in the relationship so it's good to have something inspiring for you both to wait so you can have something aspirational but we're calling this in um stopped clocks maybe that relationship stopped with the time and maybe some so mind stopped clocks stop clocks you know we work with time so it stops progress and bringing things in like that and basically um there was something else in there that's going to come in oh yeah creating space so is there space in your wardrobe for mm. somebody to move in or is it so jam-packed with your clothes no one else is getting a look in so clear a drawer out i mean people think oh that's ridiculous it's amazing how many people have said you know i cleared that drawer out and i made some space in my wardrobe and wow i've got this relationship now so yeah and very much as i mentioned earlier about the cats and the tv who do you want a relationship with what would symbolize that for you how can you embody that in some kind of symbol in your space that's what you're looking for be careful with those wish lists though they're very common aren't they and those awful things oh i'm going to write my perfect list of my perfect man i or partner or you know woman or whoever and i'll tell you something you'll attract it but it will be all the things you forgot to put on that list that will show up too <laughs> and they're the ones you won't want <laughs> So how do you recommend somebody if they do, is it wise to not do that if, or visualize? What would you recommend instead? It's a feeling of allowing in a sense. You can have an idea, but those I, I think those wish lists are a nightmare 
frankly. And I think I've seen them cause more problems. And it's very much part of the law of attraction. But we've put boundaries on it then. And it is always, yeah, I've got this, this, this and this. But oh, my God, I didn't realize that they were actually a narcissistic, psychopathic, you know, crazy person underneath. I've got that bit. <laughs> right. um, so we have to be really careful because we I found actually one of, you know, and this I found my husband through this. Um, one of the nicest ways of is to get a journal and a new journal for calling in your soulmate or partner. Now, soulmates also is a, we have to be careful with that term. We all have the twin flame and the soulmates, and it's very much part of the whole new age kind of consciousness and these things are talked about. But again, in my experience, soulmates are not this happy ever after. That's the fairy stories and kissing frogs that all of us were brought up on that we really need to get out of our psyche and get real. Um, it's But that soulmate is somebody that contracted before you arrived on this planet in this embodied incarnation this time to say, right, I'm going to show up in your life because we've got some work to do. Now, it could be a happy ever after. I'm not saying those don't happen, but quite often they're definitely someone that you meet and you think, I know this person. I, I, you know, it's like that instant sort of familiarity. You don't have to learn to get to know them. That's often the sign of a soulmate when you just think, my God, it's so easy. You know, I can almost think what I know what they're thinking. And it's just instant. That's the sign, but they are not always happy ever after. And I think that's a very important point to remember. But the greatest top tip I can give you rather than writing the list is just to write a letter, to have this journal and you write to them every day and say, dear, you know, I am really open for an intimate relationship. I want to bring this, you know, other half of me in. I know you're out there somewhere. I know there's this energy. And this is what I can imagine we'd be doing together. Oh, I can see us going off on this beautiful holiday, or I can't wait to share music with you, or perhaps we'd be reading in bed together, or this is my favorite way. So you talk to that person, you build that relationship, but without containing it in a like, oh, well, they've got six out of 10, so they're a no. Or they've got 10 out of 10, but I forgot all this other 10 that I really don't want to live with. Whereas you're already building the relationship and you're inviting the energy in because it has to be a mystery. We can't contain it in that way because life is a mystery and the right people come to us when we're open to receiving it. So that's my, that's the best way. Yeah, it, no, that's a really is to write to them. And um, as I say, it definitely brought, I mean, I'm, you know, I will say I am subsequently to board, but we were together for 13 years. So it was, it was right for the time until it wasn't. Yeah. And it was totally. fabulous for the time it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I found a letter the other day when I was clearing out that I'd written for somebody years ago and it was Graham. <laughs> Literally yeah, there you go. I wrote the letter. Cause I say to clients, tune into the qualities of yes. how you want to feel yes. with this person or, qualities like kindness or, yes you know laughter and all of these things rather than that wish list because you'll miss people otherwise so yeah, yeah exactly and again that. that's why writing in your journal dear soulmate you know and i did probably put dear soulmate or you can put dear other half or whatever it is that you're calling in you know dear partner but it's like in the right oh tell them about your day and like oh i'm so looking forward to being able to share this together with you, you know, and those kind of things. And then you're going to find someone way more compatible with your true energy. Yeah. What other tips have you got? 
<laughs> well, are we still on singles? If there's any other tips, you've top tips. There's a huge, beautiful list. If there's anything else, um, I yeah, I think that's the main ones. Mm. Um, as I say, and make really making your bedroom inviting. So if you met that person at the bus stop today and you wanted to invite them back, is your bedroom ready? Or have you still got a pile of ironing at the end of the bed or the pile, you know, the 40 books that you haven't read lined up on your bedside table? Not attractive. <laughs> and again, clutter under the bed. In my opinion, nothing under the bed other than, you know, clean bed linen and towels is the only thing to store under the bed. You don't, you know, God, I have found some interesting things under people's beds, but we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good place to look, though. <laughs> and, you know, and that, but that's true. The bedroom, as we've said, is, you know, ideally in the, in feng shui heaven, there's only a bed in the bedroom. Now, that's not realistic for this kind of space that most of us have to live in or can afford to live in. So it, we have to make compromise. But if you have to, for example, there's nowhere else for you to work except in your bedroom, and that's where your office is set up or your home office, then screen it off at night. You know, put work aside. Again, be very, very careful because we have clutter in terms of our physical belongings, but we also have clutter in terms of our electromagnetic radio frequencies these days. So, you know, phone, it's dreadful. Smartphones affect our auric brainwaves, whether we like to believe that or not, they do. It's been very well proven. It's amazing all the science and all the testing that has to go before a person can take two aspirin for a headache. And yet we've put out smartphones that emit far more terrifying and health destroying frequency waves. And it's like nobody's done a single test on those. And we're not going to know for many years the real outcome of what we're doing. So minimize that kind of damage. Um, it stops you, you know, pressing the snooze button anyway. So if you're going to use your phone as alarm clock, leave it miles away from where you actually are so you actually have to get out of bed to answer it it'll get you up and it stops you irradiating yourself don't ever have the phone on the bedside table at the same level as your brain because remember your your you your energetic body is bigger than your physical body you have this aura around you so at least put it on the floor um, because it will be less affecting and um, be aware, like don't have all the hair straighteners and the hair dryers and the God knows what that we tend to plug in around our bed. Try to make your bedroom a electrically silent, good space to sleep because the cellular healing in the body takes place between 10 p.m. and 3 a.m. in the morning. And, you know, we're never we can't avoid this, you know, even if you completely blocked your home from radio wire kind of frequencies your neighbors got them coming through your wall and you walk outside and you've got them anyway so i do believe very much in a little bit of dirt does us good i don't believe in being too clean in that sense because actually we need to adapt and adaptation is what humans are absolutely fantastic at so a little bit of this stuff helps us but we want to keep that 10 till 3 healing energy really clean and clear if we can so making your bedroom a safe space to sleep is also conducive to lovely relationships too mm, thank you and so for people who are in relationships listening mm. um you've shared some good things around like for example other pictures of fighting tigers and you know things like cactuses or a no in bedrooms and spiky plants and things like that so 
I'm thinking there may be two peak types of couples. There may be couples listening who are not feeling um, harmonious in their relationship. Either they might be having disagreements or they're not having intimacy. And then there might be people who are listening who are just curious how to, in, you've got a good relationship, how to enhance it. So I'd love you to share some tips for those listening. Sure. I mean, some of it's similar. It's, it does start with going in there and just a, a really good tip is to simply go and lie in your bed. Go and lie in your bed or sit, close your eyes and go, how do I feel in this room? How, you know, actually, and also be aware because you'll notice that um, doorways in your home are threshold points, they're liminal spaces. So you notice you feel different if you're aware of this and you become aware of it, you'll notice you feel different in your kitchen, to your living room, to your bedroom, to your bathroom. They all have different spaces. So as you enter that bedroom, does it immediately make you go, calm down and come into a safe, soft space? Or does it remind you, as we've already spoken about, all the work you haven't done, all the pile of ironing that you haven't done? And often in long-term relationship issues, what I find in most people that have been in a relationship for a long term and maybe have children together and things like that, I go into their bedrooms. In fact, I did a client just last week where this was relevant and it's cute and it's lovely, but it's not going to help their relationship. And of course, their relationship has all become about the children and not about them and they're missing each other. And they are now in trouble because they haven't got that intimacy, but I'll go into their bedroom and it's full of kids. I mean, I tripped over the kids' toys. There's babies' nappies stuck on the side. There's, you know, now it's like they had done these very cute kind of pictures of mum and dad, but it's like, oh, it was, I don't know, some kind of thing about like, oh, dad always snores and mum's always doing the ironing kind of, you know, and it was it was a nice, it was like a loving thing of like it being done as a birthday. But I'm like, is that what you want to be reminded of when you go to bed and you shut the door and the kids are asleep and you might have time for your own selves? No. So I really recommend all the children's stuff stays out the bedroom. And I know I get a lot of flack for that, but there's plenty of other places. I mean, (laughs) children tend to take over the whole house, I've noticed in my (laughs) conversation. So it's like, well, they've got every other room. (laughs) This one little space that's yours uh, because, you know, they take over your lives. And you see that in the feng shui of how they infiltrate the space. And of course, when they're very young and they're babies, of course, you're... um, priorities are going to be towards them but as they to try to protect that arena because otherwise it's very difficult in especially when um, women give birth and because the masculine also then shifts into being the protector maybe than the um the lover to an extent and it wants to protect mum and baby and then obviously you know the 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 father i think has seen a lot of things that perhaps they don't you know that kind of ruin the sexy intimacy of watching a woman give birth or going through that or watching a breastfeed and then the relationship is with the baby and the child more than with them so it's very important to keep that relationship healthy when babies first come in that the the man and the woman get time to reunite in their own intimacy separate from that where and to protect that space as much as possible and i think when all of that takes place in the bedroom you know, all of the child breastfeeding, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then it builds up a like, oh, this is the mother that I need to protect. This is not the woman that's, you know, the sexy goddess in my life that I want to make love to. And so being aware of that dynamic sometimes. Um, you can add like 
yes, we the bedroom needs to be predominantly neutral in terms of its decor, but not so neutral that it's dead. Right, we need still a bit of passion, you know, so you want to be able to have a good night's sleep in there and cool, calm, neutral colors are conducive to that. But also we need a bit of juice, we need a bit of sexy in there too. So again, it's back to this thing, boudoir, not bedroom. You know, does this feel sexy? Have, and you can do that beautifully these days. And it's, you can get some lovely fake fur throws, you can get silk pillows, you can get velvet um throws or velvet seats you could have a little love seat in there depending on the nature you can light candles you can have soft lighting um easy music no clutter there's lots of ways of simply changing the atmosphere in the bedroom and um, aromatherapy oils like have an aromatherapy burner and you put some yanglang or um rose etc etc and things like that so quite simple things that are really not you know very cost effective that can make a huge difference to the feeling of that is the shift in environment is the shift in the intimacy of what can be created in there mm, yeah that's beautiful. and again the other thing also i often see like couples and relationships they don't have photographs of themselves looking at each other often so it's again it's like is it they're always the photographs always even with wedding photos they tend to be facing out so i think mm. it's nice to be reminded of what you know what coming together of having some photograph of intimacy where you actually look at each other and again going back to this with long-term couples having the same view at the end of the bed so someone's not looking out the door whilst the other person's contained within it and what is aspirational for you where are you two going as a couple so have something you both love that you wake up to in the morning, like so it could be the place you dream of going on holiday one day or the great fabulous country you wish to live in or the, you know, the house you're moving to or whatever it might be, but something that kind of takes you towards the future that you both want. It's like, you know, couples that stay together tend to have, yes, we can be very different, you know, we're all different as our individual selves, but it's where there is commonality of purpose, commonality of goal is often what creates the most successful couples and why they stay together because there is some commonality of what they both dream of. And it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be identical or by anything, but there is some common thread that's leading them through. Yeah. Wow, there's some great tips there. And I really love that creating that space for this sort of part of us to be reflected in whether, um, especially after children, <laughs> so that there's a place for mum, dad, whoever to shut the door and go, oh, come back to me right now. <laughs> and um, so what colours are good for the bedroom distinct to the relationship area? Um, so you mentioned well, I, your colours, but if you were going to bring in some colours. Yeah, and I need to say a little bit about mirrors. Now, obviously, mm. some of your listeners might think mirrors in the bedroom are a great idea. Yeah, this is sexy. <laughs> <laughs> They're not very conducive for good night's sleep, though, because they do, you know, they startle our aura, basically. So waking up and seeing yourself in a mirror is not great so just for sleeping well be very careful of mirrors in the bedroom and if you can see yourself in a mirror when you're in bed i suggest you cover the mirror or move it somewhere that that isn't conducive um to great sex then sorry what was the last thing you just asked me <laughs> um, i was so focused on mirrors i forgot 
<laughs> colors of the bedroom distinct oh, yeah. to the relationship areas so, to bring in some color yeah you can bring in more of what um is perhaps more related to fire and passion which are the red range so pink um because you want to bring passion and fire is what ignites passion and it feeds the earth so fire in the elemental sequence of Chinese feng shui, fire burns down, it creates earth. In effect, it creates ash, which feeds the earth. So fire feeds earth, so it fire feeds relationships. So you can afford to bring in some of the pink, red kind of energies, and they are but a small amount. You know, men are not keen on pink, mostly, um, on the whole. They might want a bit of red, or you can go the darker, more crimson, blood red type colors, or you can bring that orange burnt. You know, it's still yeah. bright. It's still got fire energy in it, and it's not as dramatic. So again, I think it's important in a relationship that you involve. You know, so often the men go, "Oh, you do it, darling." Mm -hmm. I, I get that all the time, right? In fact, luck. I've actually had a couple of men actually book me for feng shui recently, which is so rare. I can't tell you. In all my year, I mean, I've been doing this for like nearly thirty years, and I can't tell you how rare that is. It's always the woman, wow. the books, and it's always the woman that's more interested in that. And so I think it's great. It's taken thirty years, but now the men are beginning to ask. <laughs> Yippee! <laughs> And it's and it's really fantastic because they're taking of like you know they're taking responsibility for being involved in that decor and things of that nature. So yes, and again, it's small. If you made all your bedroom pink, it would be disastrous, and no man would want to be seen dead in it. Probably, right? They have a bit of a revert. I've noticed men have quite an aversion to pink. Shame <laughs> <laughs> it, but they do. But it could just be a pair of red candlesticks on the windowsill together or a couple of red cushions on the chair or the end of the bed or something of that nature it could be like use your artwork like if you're particular, you know maybe you have beautiful hands or most women and men to have some part of their body that they're utterly in love with even if they don't love other bits right so maybe beautiful feet or beautiful so you could have some beautiful artwork done like of just your hands holding each other or some symbolism of that where you bring in a little bit of sexy in that mm. way some nudes in there if that's your thing um karma sutra indian erotic art you know you can you can up the sexy in the bedroom mm. brilliant thank you so any other final tips to share any final wisdom well there's always final wisdom um <laughs> I mean, it, it depends i mean this is less to do with sex but it is to do with a good night's sleep bedrooms mm. are generally best sited at the back of the house where it's quieter away from the noise of the road again depends on your house it's not always possible but if you do have a choice go for the one at the back you will sleep deeper mm. because it's part of that so really just you know it starts with clutter i know it's boring guys i know but actually, I don't find clutter. I find clutter really, really exciting. And I really want you to get juiced up and feel sexy about clearing your clutter. Right? <laughs> Seriously, make bin bags your new sexy. Because if you clear that, everything else flows in such a better way. So it has to start with that. It really does. Because I remember when I first did Marie Kondo, I cleared out. It took me six months, but mm -hmm. I cleared out about a third of my possessions, including furniture. That's amazing. And because um, I was, I didn't think I was a hoarder, but actually I was. And um, so, 
and, and then it's what that reflects back to you because it's like oh actually I love this and I don't love that and it was actually really shifted so much energy in my mm. life it was at a big transition time that it just I know that it helped facilitate that and I guess that's why it can be scary to do it and here's my last top tip because we also inherit a lot of stuff we get it from friends or it's gifts or it's come from our, you know, literally our relatives, it's proper inheritance, maybe it's furniture. I can remember one um, client years ago who was desperate for a baby and in the west of her home, in the middle of which, if you're looking in your front door, it's the middle of the right-hand side, that's the, or the west, if you were looking from a compass direction. And by the way, the compass direction for relationships, if you are living in the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere, is the southwest, just for those of listeners that may have that condition. Anyway, that's creativity. It's where, and of course, the ultimate creative gesture is having a baby and creating a baby. And in there, she had dining room table and chairs from her mother-in-law that she absolutely hated. I said, so why have you got them in your home? Then? Well, what do we do? We can't give them back. I said, yes, you can. If you don't want them there, you know, and that's, people get very stuck on this. Oh, I can't get rid of that because so-and-so gave it to me. I think this is a really key one. This is the one I'm going to leave you um, listeners with. And it's really understanding that when a gift is given, it is given freely. So take the energy of the blessing of the gift, but if you don't love it, pass it on. And here's the secret. If you stick it in a cupboard, right, I can bet, 100 to 1 that when Auntie Mabel comes to visit, she'll go, oh, where's that old vase I gave you? And then you have to admit that it's stuck in the cupboard. If you pass it on and let it out your hand, you've let go of it and she'll never ask because the resonance isn't there. But when it's hidden in the attic or in the cupboard or, you know, wherever it is, she will ask because the resonance is there. It's still attached to you. So literally fill your home with things you truly love and that changes so it is as i say this is not a static once done it's done forever you have to and stuff always always coming in we're in a very consumerist kind of paradigm currently so we're always bringing new things in and it's so it's a constant evaluation of this of do i still love that does it raise my energy or lower my energy but really be careful with the gifts gifts you can let go of i you know i pass gifts on yeah you taught me because maybe 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 what isn't lovely for me is fabulous for someone else thank you well there's so much wonderful stuff there thank you thank you um I always ask what does living a sexy life mean to you I'd love to hear Mm. (laughs) um okay that's a good question just had a bit of pre-warning I need to think about that (laughs) (laughs) I I think what a sexy life for me is really I mean many things it's that juiciness of feeling connected it's that juiciness of flowing with what is in the moment and being present into that moment of really dancing with life I do I find life incredibly juicy and sexy most of the time to be honest (laughs) that's just the way because I I I enjoy and I you know it's not like I'm living some you know five-star fabulous lifestyle I for me it's the simple pleasures it's like waking up and dancing to the sunshine or saying hello to the tree outside my window so it's connection it's relationship but my relationship is with life and that's what makes life sexy for me is having a relationship with the elements of life with the fire with the earth with the air with the water 
and how that shows up in nature, how it shows up in my friendships, how it shows up in all the ways of being, because that for me is what's sexy is how we relate and being in relationship with. Beautiful. Thank you so, so much. And where can people find you online? I'll put the, everything in the show notes, but just Thank where's you. your the best, best place? Way at the moment, because um, I've been trying to rewrite my website for about the last two years, ever since I went to the Proving Amazon, <laughs> right, where I didn't really need it because I wasn't going to go and visit people's houses from there. Um, but I do do online feng shui, which is, I know you've done that with yeah. me, Sarah, so you understand how that can work really well by just taking someone around with the camera, because these days we have the technology to be able to do it on a different ways, so that's great. Um, but Instagram, I, I've actually got quite, a, not addicted, that's a strong word, but I actually am engaged enough to want to post on Instagram, whereas <laughs> Facebook I gave up on a long time ago. Um, so yeah, Instagram is a really great way to message me or um, yes, my website will be back up in spring next year, I hope, when I've reinvented what's coming next. And in the meantime, you could email me, davina at davinamichael.com. Beautiful. And I really, really recommend, I mean, I've moved house a number of times in the last few years. And every time I've moved house, I have Feng Shui with you because you just see things in the energy of the house that I would never see. And it's been so incredibly helpful. So I highly that is recommend. the one thing, even if I'm doing, we are blind to our own stuff. Yeah, that is the thing. That's why it's so useful. And even if I move, I'll, you know, I have lots of colleagues, so I can just go and say, Oh, can we do a swap? And I will get someone to look at because there'll be things I can't see. Yeah, for yeah. myself, because it's always harder to see for yourself. So yeah, it's a great yeah. resource. And I highly, highly recommend your book, Feng Shui Made Easy, the Hay House book, because there's so much practical information. You explain it so clearly. Um, and also there's a course. Tell, yeah, tell the, a little bit yeah, about the yeah. course. Um, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> I do these things and then I think, oh, yeah, I did that, didn't I? Um, anyway, yes, there is Hay House. So it's a simple online course and it just gives a lot more in-depth information beyond the book, basically. And it's great if you're really wanting to go into the subject in more depth and get more tips and more ideas about how you can feng shui your home. Um, don't dismiss feng shui, people. It's, 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 it's not everything. Nothing's everything. But my God, it really does make life flow easier. Um, so, you know, don't put all your life in feng shui, but do put a bit of feng shui in your life. <laughs> Perfect place to end. Thank you so, so much. There's a million questions I didn't ask, so maybe get you back another time. Yes, um, we can always go down the more shamanic route I'd love to. And yeah, there's lots to explore. And um, also really recommend your uh, moon reports that you do, which you share on Instagram as well. For yeah, the moon I do. And the new moon. Fantastic. So thank you so much for bringing your sexiness, juiciness and um, loveliness and wisdom to the podcast. It's been a pleasure, Sarah. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you for listening to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast with me, Sarah Rose Bright. I support women and couples across the globe to truly enjoy sex and pleasure and to create or deepen intimate relationships that are passionate and purposeful, happy and healthy, and I'd love to support you. You can book a complimentary call via my website at sarahrosebright.com to find out if my approach is right for you. And check out my website for information about my one-to-one -one coaching programs and any current workshops, group programs and retreats that I'm running. 
wherever and whenever you are listening, wishing you a beautiful day.